0: gardenia perfume lingering on a pillow wild strawberries only seven francs a kilo and still my heart has wings these foolish things remind me of you The smile of Garbo, and the scent of
1: roses. Are
2: you sure she comes here? I've been doing her nails for three months, every Wednesday. Miss McBride always rings the Brown Derby to confirm her table
3: for lunch. Hey, there she is, over in the corner. What if she
4: tells us to buzz off?
3: Well, we're not taking no for an answer.
5: Well, things are looking up. Must be five whole minutes since anyone's called me a dumbbell.
4: Now that you mention it, you are the biggest dodo brain I've ever met, living under a rock.
6: (sighs) Only Bunny would fail to recognize the world's most famous film star.
5: Will you give me a break? I never figured I'd meet a star at the beach. She just looked like a regular woman to me.
4: A regular woman? You are thicker than the telephone directory.
3: The ladies, lay off. If Bunny had recognized her at the beach, Garbo never would have come for tea. And then we wouldn't have the biggest
6: publicity photo of the year in our hands.
5: Wasn't she so nice to let us take the picture?
2: Can't sit around waiting for favors in this town, it's true. Wise one's
3: buttonhole opportunity when she's eating lunch. Well, if two heads are better than one in show business, we should be able to put this over with six. Let's
1: go already. Before I lose my nerve, my stomach is in knots.
3: Pardon us, Miss McBride.
5: May we have a word with you? No, you may not. I'm about to eat lunch. I don't need any items for my column, I don't sign autographs, I won't put in a good word for you with any producer, and I've already given to charity. Now run along, girls.
7: But we have something you want. I highly doubt it, by the looks of you. What's wrong with my suit? It costs plenty. Two years ago, perhaps. Now beat it before the soup arrives.
6: Must you be so rude? It wouldn't kill you to listen to us for five minutes.
5: I'm afraid it would.
3: Now scram. If you're through insulting us, why don't you listen? We have a story for you. An exclusive.
7: An
5: exclusive on what? Bargain basements? Cattle call additions? Stuff dinner rolls in your
7: handbag? Save it, girls. Greta Garbo? We have an exclusive story about Greta Garbo. An exclusive on Garbo? You know, I will have you locked up if this is a cheap trick. Well, it isn't. May we sit down? All of you? And who's this? Are you my manicurist? What kind of coup have you plotted?
2: I'm more than just your manicurist, Miss McBride. I'm a writer, too.
7: Ah, oh, a writer. I'll the judge of that. Riball tales for shop girls, probably.
2: I'm a correspondent for The Daily Worker.
5: <laughs> I can't be too much if you're working in a salon. Besides, that don't make you a writer. More like a sloganeer.
2: Slogans toppled an empire in Russia. Lennon called for peace, land, bread.
7: Hollywood is an empire built on
5: slogans. Ever heard of more stars than there are in heaven?
4: Quite the snob, ain't you? Well, I don't like snobs.
5: (laughs) So where do you pick up the Scottish chippy? Say, haven't I seen you under a pile of marabou and ostrich feathers?
4: A girl's got to eat. Now be quiet and listen to the dames.
7: Well, like I said, we have an exclusive story about Miss Garbo. Okay, so what's the angle? A
3: Garbo story doesn't need an angle. She is the story. But we have one. You know, she has Camille lined up for her next picture. Do
5: I look like I just crawled out from under a cabbage leaf? Everybody knows that.
6: Well, what if you write a story about casting the picture?
5: Metro already announced Bob Taylor
1: to co-star. Supporting roles. For women. Maybe it helps to explain that we board in a place known as the House of the Seven Garbos.
5: And? And Garbo came for tea. She just loved my cream buns.
3: And she posed for a picture with us.
7: So, there are six of you. You said there were seven. Our landlady is the seventh. Madame Viola Dare. Hmm. Viola Dare? Do you know her? Of course I know her.
3: You must have written about her.
7: (laughs) Even gave her a diamond bracelet once.
3: Put us in your column. Write a story about Garbo looking to cast her new picture from the House of the Seven Garbos, with profiles on all of us. What do you say? If you whisper in Metro's ear,
6: the studio will act like it was their idea all along.
4: Come on. Be a big shot. Exercise your influence.
7: We need your help. Please? You know, I could really go for cream buns. Really? When? Tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock. Now would y'all beat it?
4: See now, was that so hard to
3: be nice? You get an exclusive and we get some publicity. You won't regret it. Come on, ladies, let's not push our luck.
2: Garbo House, this is Cynthia. Yes, we're the girls from Odette McBride's column and the Hollywood Reporter piece and Luella Parsons column. You want to swing by for photos tomorrow? Better make it eight. Okay, thanks. <phone> Garbo <rings> House, this is Cynthia. Nance's not home right now. Who's calling? Really? Okay. I'm sure she'll be glad to hear it. Yes, I'll make sure she gets it. Thank you. Hey, Pat, will you put this on the Nan's dresser? That was the producer for Rain on the phone. The gal playing Sadie was in a smash-up and can't do the play.
3: Oh, swell. Good for Nan. Sure, I'll take it upstairs. Nice to see somebody getting good news around here. Say, what is this? The Love Potion. Story and scripts by Jack Stewart starring Clark Gable and Nan Potter. Why, that sneaky bitch. Am I the only one in the dark about Nan's big career break?
2: I just told you they want her to play Sadie Thompson. Now we'll have to hear her rehearsing night and day.
3: Not that, not Sadie Thompson. This script. Gloria, did you know about this?
6: No what? Nance kept a tight lip after she lost out playing Sadie. I thought she was back to doing the rounds of auditions. What's that in your hand?
3: Oh this this is this is nothing. Just my story is all. Your story? The one I told you about that night I was in the bath. About you and Slim? That's right. Only now the Love Potion script has Jack Stewart's name all over it. Starring Clark Gable and Little Miss Nan Potter. Snake in the grass.
7: Uh, I don't believe it.
2: Are you saying a producer in Metro stole a story from you? Are you certain?
3: I only told two people that story, Jack and Gloria. That is it. He promised to make it with me as the star, and that was before the studio dropped my option. A coincidence, I'm sure.
2: Let's take a moment and think this through and be logical. First, you'd better read it through to be sure it's your story. Second, I don't know how Nan became involved, but it seems unlikely that she knew it was your story. Or that you were supposed to star in it. Third, do you have any way to prove it?
6: Sure, she has proof.
7: I still have papers
3: from the lawyer for the settlements I made, and I have my diaries. Well, thank goodness for that.
2: You would have no case without it, at least in court. But... I don't think it will get you much. What do you mean? A couple of things. You could make a claim of plagiarism and file suit. Plagiarism? Sure. Theft of intellectual property.
3: All right. Well I want to file a lawsuit. Have it out in court if that's what it takes.
2: Mm, I don't think it would go that far. Why not? Metro will give you a story credit and a small check. They won't admit wrongdoing. They won't punish Jack. Or give you a starring role if that's what you want. It's my story. The studio can claim it's a coincidence. Jack could deny you ever told him the story. Metro could fabricate other sources to say it's their story. If you ever read The Daily Worker, you would know about their dirty tricks.
7: Cynthia, are you telling me I can't win? I should just give up.
2: My point is, this is part of their business model. As far as Metro is concerned, they hold all the cards. If they wanted, they could toss you a check and sweep it under the carpet, where it would never see the light of day. You've got to play it smart.
3: Okay, I see. Out Fox MGM. Shouldn't be
7: too hard. They're just a bunch of suits.
2: They expect you to roll over.
7: Surprise them. Yeah. Surprise
0: them.
1: Fern's gone to lunch. Hurry up. And don't make a lot of noise or a mess in there. I'll stand guard out here.
2: We've got it.
7: Okay, I'm gonna start with his desk. Isn't that where they always hide things? What's this switch for? must be broken.
2: I've got the filing cabinet. I'll check in the back.
7: Look at these, will you,
2: bunny? Hundreds and hundreds of girls.
7: It gives me the creep seeing them in stacks like that.
2: Like a missing persons file.
7: It's a glamour mortuary, that's what it is. All these girls with big dreams, Where are they now?
2: Studio honchos playing demigods. So many lives hang in the balance.
7: You just keep looking for something about Pat. Memos on the love potion. Did you hear that? Hear what? Hey, I've got something. Get a load of
5: this. So he has a big record collection. So what? Probably the makeout
7: music he puts on to seduce girls, that rotten Casanova. It isn't music. Listen. Must be broken. I've got the filing cabinet. I'll check in the back. Jack has the place wired for sound.
2: Is there no end to the dirty tricks in Hollywood? Pat has to be here somewhere.
7: There must be 500 records.
2: How does he organize them?
7: By date? Name? By name, it looks like. Here. Here's Pat. Four records with her name on the label.
6: Grab them and let's get out of here. Hold on a minute. Think about it. We might be looking at a big cache of evidence. We don't have time to listen to all these records. We don't, but it seems like a pretty safe bet that if Jack stole a story from Pat, he did the same thing to other women
7: find a needle in this haystack.
6: Well, it stands to reason that we skip any recording or someone under contract. Or a big star.
5: So we look for the unknowns.
2: Jack wouldn't be able to steal from a star. They have agents and lawyers to protect
6: their interests.
7: Okay. Let's each take a different shelf.
6: Any regular Janes on multiple records is probably worth taking with us.
5: We could wind up in the jug for this, so you better hurry. Three records for Marie Casey. Should we take him?
6: Yes. We're only getting one shot at this, even if he doesn't notice the missing records.
2: I'd rather not risk a second charge of breaking and entering. Here, Paula Robertson, four records. Faye
6: Jones, four records.
7: Gladys Evans, four records.
6: Sylvia Taylor, three records. Mabel Mason, four records. Hmm, that should do it. Stack the records here. Might be enough to fix his wagon.
5: Should we take the pictures, too? You know, try and match him up with the girls on the records?
6: Hmm, We need a forklift to carry everything. Might as well wear sandwich boards around our necks that say, up to no good. We'll get pinched at the gate. Let's take a few minutes and cover our tracks. Be sure it looks like we were never here.
1: Jack, cut your meeting short.
7: Hey, take the records and beat it. Out the window. I'll pretend to be waiting for him and keep him busy. Good luck.
8: Who are you? What are you doing here?
1: I tried to keep her out, Jack. She pushed her way in. Aw, your office gal did
8: her
6: best, Jack. But if I gave up that easy, I'd still be in the chorus line. Know what I mean?
8: What do you want?
6: Oh, just a few minutes of your time, that's all.
8: I'm a very busy man. You'll need to see my secretary. I'm all booked up today. Miss, uh...
6: LaRue, please call me Kitty.
8: That's a pretty name, Kitty. Are you looking for the casting department? You want to do a screen test, I imagine?
6: Me? Not a chance. I'd be signing my own death warrant. He'd know where to find
8: me. Who would? Are you in some kind of trouble?
6: I'll say. That's why I'm here. I figured you're the only one I can trust with my story.
1: She's nothing but trouble, Jack. It's written all over her face. Let me call Freddie at the gate to haul her out.
8: Okay, Nan. You did your duty waiting here until I got back. Get some lunch.
1: I don't think it's safe to leave you alone with her, Jack.
8: I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself.
6: Ah, uh, go on, sister. I'm not packing heat.
8: Run along, Nan.
6: Fine. I hope she fills you full of lead.
8: Won't you be seated, Miss LaRue?
6: Call me Kitty, big fella.
8: How might I be of assistance, Kitty?
6: Well, in the papers, they say you're some kind of maverick out here, a writer-producer.
8: Papers say a lot of things.
6: See, it's like this. I ran out of my old man back in New York. He's one of them made fellas. You know, connected. What happened? Well, on account I was fixing my lipstick in the powder room off his private office, and I just so happened to hear something I wasn't supposed to hear when he was meeting with his, um,
8: um, business associates. Sensitive information? Positively ticklish. So you left town?
6: The boys would prefer I sleep with the fishes and repeat what I heard.
8: How can I help?
6: Well, if you make a picture out of it, I figure it's my insurance policy. He won't come gunning for me if it's a hit just want the dough. You follow me?
8: I do, Kitty. I do. How about dinner tonight? Some place intimate where we can talk.
6: I knew you had brass ones. I said to myself, Kitty, you go see Jack Stewart. He's not afraid of pinstripe racketeers.
8: Write down your phone number for me and I'll have my secretary, Fern, ring you about dinner.
7: Give me your hand, will you? Wouldn't want you to lose it, Jack.
8: Don't you worry about that, Kitty. How oh,
7: did you come up with your idea for a little potion? How's oh, that? Simple. i roomed with two Koreans in New York. One of them used to work in a mid joint
9: before she exchanged a turban for tail feathers. hate the crystal ball gages as much as they did the bootleggers. They're illegal, but you find them everywhere. Anyway, this gal Felice aptly named because she was a born fleece. She told me she used to sit real close to the customers, practically in their lap. She'd rub some mug's hand, bring secrets about himself into his ear, work. During this time, she'd also empty his wallet. You see the appeal for an enterprising type? The Cipitonic can become a virile Don Juan. really funny happens on a screen, and everyone in the audience laughs, and it makes you feel like you floated out of your seat, everything feels bigger, and it seems like the real world outside no longer exists.
3: That's enough of that. You get the drift. You see what I mean? He stole my story. Even worse, Jack took it away from me. He changed everything in the script. The girl Celeste isn't the main character anymore. Slim doesn't die. Instead, he makes a bad batch and then squares it with the people who got sick. Now it's just a vehicle for Clark Gable.
1: That's the worst part of it. Jack took a story about a woman's moral education and turned her into a pair of eyelashes, And a spangled costume.
2: (laughs) Won't he be surprised when his
4: dirty tricks
2: are played against him?
4: You're sitting on a great story, Pat. Don't let the stinkers take it from you.
5: (laughs) Seems we have another storyteller in the Garbo house. What did you say to distract him while we made an exit, Gloria?
6: Well, I just spun a yarn. A whopper about a New York mob. Quick thinking. He fell for it. Practically tripped. Couldn't help himself.
2: I'm dying to know what's on the other records. Come on. I'll get my steno pad and take notes. We'll need them for the next steps.
7: What's the next step? Putting Jack Stewart's head on a platter.
5: Jack. How things? Have a seat, won't you?
8: Stood up last night. Other than that, everything's fine. So you want to write a puff piece about me?
5: A puff piece? Do I have a waddle in my neck and no style? Must be thinking of that pea-brain Luella Parsons. I don't write puff pieces.
8: Only teasing. What did you have in mind?
5: I see it as a series of columns highlighting your career trajectory from publicist to producer to writer and producer. So tell me. To what do you
7: attribute your success?
8: I have a little bell in my ear. When it goes off, I know I found a good story.
7: Sounds like tinnitus. You you should have a doctor check you over.
8: The bell is just a small part of it. Mostly, Odette, it's just hard work. Daily, Saphine, slog up the hill. One word on the page, followed by another, until you have the story rolling.
7: I had two angles in mind. You can let me know which one you prefer.
8: You want my feedback? Shoot.
7: The way I see it, my column could go either way. Either I tell the story of a man who has resigned from MGM on his doctor's orders.
8: Is some kind of gag?
7: Or I can write in forensic detail about the biggest scandal
5: to hit Metro since Lee Tracy stood on a balcony in Mexico.
8: How dare you try and threaten me? You're just more than a literary equivalent of a peeping tom.
7: I'm not trying to threaten you. I am threatening you directly.
8: You haven't got any leverage on me. My wife already put me out of the house. Really in indiscretion. Momentary lapse of judgment.
3: Ha so that's my name when I'm at home. A momentary lapse in
8: judgment You so this is a setup.
3: I've been sitting at the table behind you this entire time, if you had bothered to notice. Odette, I can take it from here. If you want to enjoy your martini in peace at the bar.
5: Give them out, sister. And join me for a toast when you're finished raking him over the coals. Yeah, it's a promise.
3: Now, where were we?
8: you'll excuse me, I'm a very busy man, as you well know. I don't have time for a scene.
3: I wouldn't do that if I were you, Jack. There's no walking away from this. Not anymore.
8: What's this all about? Do you need money? Help with the, uh, kid?
3: (laughs) The kid? I don't need your money. There's no kid. Anymore. You got me in trouble. Then dumped me. Let me high and dry. Then gave me the boot. Tough breaks. I could take it on the chin. But then you went too far. You stole my life. You stole my story.
8: Wild accusations, Pat. You can't prove it, Dill.
3: That's where you're wrong, Jackie boy. I have enough proof to bury you. Before I'm finished, you won't be able to get a job as a porter in Hollywood.
7: Your name will be mud.
8: Wishing won't make it happen.
7: It won't, but a stack of records from your
3: office will.
8: Records?
3: Proof that you stole stories from at least seven women. That's called plagiarism, Jack. Theft of intellectual and creative property. None of us received any credit or financial recompense for our stories. How do you think Thalberg and Meyer will react to the news? This story will damage Metro's reputation more than any film star's drunken shenanigans. Every picture will be suspect. Tainted box office receipts. The press will eat you and the studio alive for breakfast. Now I see that smirk has disappeared. You'll probably never get it back. Gone. Like your career.
8: That's what writers do. They pick up stories from the people they know and put them on the page. It a theft.
3: Baby, you have a clear pattern of intent. Fraud. You hooked girls with a cheap short-term contract. You squeezed story ideas from them, fired them, then turned their lives into a script with your name
8: on it. How could I steal what they gave away for nothing? They flapped their gums all over the place to the first pair of creased trousers they found. Tramps with no talent. That's what they are. I took their miserable little tales and made them something worthwhile on the screen.
3: My God, you are a piece of work. You are so deluded, you don't even see that you are staring at the gutter. And all you can do is sneer. Yeah, you've become tedious. Now, how does this story play out? Your story, Jack. Resign, I get ready for a lawsuit that will invite scandal and disgrace of epic proportions. You pick. I'm gonna go pop a cork with Odette.
4: Must you run that thing now?
10: It's getting late. I have six clients booked today. No one wants to be photographed around dust and cat hair. Now help me move the sofa. Say, will you look at that? My pearls! My ermine scarf. Well, thank goodness. I thought I lost it on the way home after Doris's last pink tea.
4: Aww, Louis watched over my pearls from heaven.
10: Probably due south from the pearly gates, but have it your way. What else do we have?
2: My graduation pen.
1: I thought I dropped it on the picket line. Those are my gold earrings. You never said they were missing. I was afraid someone would accuse me of stealing your pearls. You know, so I didn't look guilty. I would say I had something stolen too. And then the mess with Jack made me feel too guilty to say anything.
3: No, I'm sorry about that, Nan. I didn't have my initials carved into him. Besides, you were only following my hard-boiled advice to get yours. No hard feelings? I'd hate to fall out with you. Ah, sweetheart, I like you too much for that.
6: Where's Bunny? She won't want to miss this tender moment of the sisterhood. How did our stuff
4: wind up under the sofa?
3: George looks like the guilty party. Typical male, steal everything a woman values without a second thought. Now there you go being cynical again. Remember, we need to set a good example.
5: Y'all, I have Odette's column, and it's a doozy. Listen to this. Fortune continues to smile on the glamorous residents from the House of the Seven Garbos in West Hollywood. Den mother, Madame Viola Dare, former star of the silent screen, has launched a photography studio on the premises. She is assisted by former fan dancer Florence Crozier, who styles the clients in makeup, silk, and feathers for the photo shoots. They are booked solid through Thanksgiving. Cynthia Latimer, former correspondent for the Socialist Press, has signed a contract with Myron Zelznik. Cynthia joins the ranks of talent agents who try and reform the moguls by contract. Nan Potter has walked out on her contract with MGM. Thanks to the high praises of George Abbott, Nan will return to Broadway for a plum role in Claire Booth's eagerly anticipated comedy, The Women, which opens at Christmas. Shen Chu's Bunny St. James will make weekly appearances on the Bing Crosby radio show for the next six months. Those two sound so good together, it's a sense she'll join him for one of his pictures over at Paramount. Actress Gloria Douglas has signed on to play the competition to none other than Greta Garbo in Camille. Word around town is it'll be Garbo's best work since she starred with Jack Gilbert. Gloria will play O'Lamp, the sister of Ventress, who tries to steal Robert Taylor away from the Swedish star. And finally, Pat Morrison has inked a deal so tasty other stars are gnashing their teeth with envy. Under a new seven-year contract with Metro, Pat will not only write the screenplay of her next feature, she will also star. Pat's story, The Love Tonic, borrows from Greek tragedy and a tale about a woman who learns there's more to life than material comfort. In other Hollywood news, after consulting with his doctor, Metro producer Jack Stewart has resigned. It seems the relentless pace has taken a toll on his health. Mr. and Mrs. Stewart will sail next week on an extended tour of Europe. Now, don't that sound like a dream?
4: Good riddance to a bad penny the pig
3: one less rat in hollywood
6: i can't
4: wait to make them pay
3: how about some tea i can murder a cup with some gin in it no gin
0: no gin your perfume lingering on a pillow thanks very much
10: for listening house of the seven garbos is a sass mouth dames production written and directed by mega mcgurk Pat Morrison is played by Clara Higgins. Gloria Douglas is played by Olympia Kiriaku. Bunny St. James and Odette McBride is played by M. Sean. Nan Potter is played by Savannah Monroe. Florence Crozier and Fern is played by Laura Mawson. Cynthia Latimer is played by Renee Smith. Jack Stewart and various men in the show played, are played by Shane McCormick. Madame Viola is played by Megan McGurk. Greta Garbo is herself. Sound editing and special effects by Thomas O'Mahony. Art design by Mott Collins.
0: Thanks very much for listening, everyone. These foolish things remind me of you. How strange. How sweet you find you still Steamers, two lovers on the street who walk like dreamers. Oh.